years ago about the fact that, you know, just as when you have your car and you're driving, if you come and sit on your car and there's a red light or an amber light, immediately you want to go and check what has gone wrong. Do you understand? Sometimes it could just be the tire or you run out of fuel or your oil is dirty. Or, you know, there could be something and then the light just appears there, you know, and this morning I want to ask that in those who are married, on your married dashboard, what light is showing? What light has appeared there? You know? Yeah. And are we neglecting it? The speed with which we try and find a mechanic to sort our car out, my prayer is that we'll have that same speed to try and sort out you know, any issues that we see or appears, you know? Because if you ignore it, do you know that you can get stuck on the motorway? <laughs> you can be going somewhere, you can, the red light can still let you go for a while, but at some point, the car just seizes. And sometimes, depending on what it is, you might not be able to fix the car again. You know, so my prayer for us in this house is that let us not sweep things under the carpet. Let us not pretend when something is not right, but rather let us get it fixed. Amen. And let us make sure that our marriages are serviced. Do you, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yes. And um, we always make sure that we put fuel in. I feel that this morning we are putting fuel into marriages. Because when we get home, some husbands or wives are going to say that you said me, I like this. You're going to make it today and I will eat it. <laughs> well, 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 well. You said me, I like pounded yam. Today you pound yam right here and you and I will both eat it. You see all those things fuel and makes our marriages. Once there's fuel, you can go for a long time. Do you understand? And once your fuel gauge is working, some of us, our fuel gauge is not working. You know? Reverend and I, we, we sat in a car that the fuel gauge was not working. And we thought it, it was there. It wasn't. And the person who was driving the car, who knew that his fuel gauge was not working, also didn't tell us. And yet he had volunteered to drive us in his car that did not have a functioning fuel gauge. And at a point, it stopped. And it was in the night. <laughs> and he was acting as if he was shocked. <laughs> so I have a few questions to ask. And then I'll invite Reverend. Reverend is coming to talk on a very important topic. So when we think about the level of the fuel in our marriage and also which lights are showing amber or red few of them so the first question is that what is the level of communication in your marriage you know first peter 5 the bible says in from verse 6 to 9 therefore humble yourselves lower yourselves in your own estimation under the mighty hand of god that in due time he may exalt you, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Wow. I pray that that is how husbands feel about their wives and that's how wives feel about their husbands. Be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. You know, if you are not vigilant where your life is concerned, where your relationship, where your marriage, you will not even know when the enemy came in. 
For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset, rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christ throughout the world. Amen. And that is why I'm asking these questions. And the first question and the first thing we are looking at is what is the level of communication and conversation in your marriage? Not in your home. Because when marriages have, when marriages produce children, there can be a lot of conversation and communication. But it's not about the couple. And it is not for the couple. Do you get what I'm saying? But today we are dealing with couples. Next week, let's make sure we are all here. Bring your friends and family. We are putting the whole family together. The next one is, what is the level of laughter? What is the level of laughter? What is the level of laughter? If there is not laughter, I'm not, even, I'm not talking about joy. Because if we are spiritual, joy will come. I'm talking about laughter. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you laugh at home? Or the only things that you find funny or interesting is when you are outside of your house. Or when other people come into your home, they bring laughter. And when they go, the laughter is taken with them. It's a reality. It's an absolute reality. That there are very married, a lot of marriages that the laughter is lost. I think I was having a chat with Debbie and Cohen. I was trying to explain to them the essence of having friendship before marriage. Because if the person you are married to is your friend, you can engage for a long time. Do, do you understand? Because most of the time, the people you are cracking jokes with and, like, are people who are your friends. This kind of lover, lover things, you have to, you know, the level of intimacy. I believe that um, even in, um, in CICC marriage counseling, See that one of the things, uh, term, uh, ter, uh, thermometers that are used is the level of intimacy to, depend, to determine the health of a marriage. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm just running through a few of these things. If you have questions, you'll be able to ask after Reverend has um, come up. But I, I think that the level of intimacy in a marriage also determines whether the marriage is running out of fuel. If you don't find your spouse attractive, you should know that something is wrong. If your, your wife or your husband is not able to arouse a sexual desire in you, it is wrong. Strange things arouse you. Oh, you people. <laughs> Why do you behave as if you are not? <laughs> oh, Benedicta, what should I do today? Yeah. We are, when we are talking about intimacy, we are talking about physical intimacy. Do you understand? What is the level of it? Yeah. It is very, very important. Yeah. Today I'm not going there, so don't worry. Yeah. It is a, it's a, do, uh, marriages have broken up because of that. People have divorced because of that. When you gradually don't find your wife attractive, you end up going to sleep with other people. Yeah, this week, you know, we, we heard of a, a man of God who has gone off jail, you know. 
And his excuse is that for a long time he didn't find his wife attractive. And when somebody was trying to help the wife become attractive, it's like, oh, come on, let's go. I'm taking you to go and get your hair done. And then the husband would tell the person who is dragging his wife, leave my wife alone. I like her like that. It was a lie. Hmm. Transparency in finances. Transparency in finances. How many of you feel all these are very tricky topics? Sorry? Yeah. Transparency in finances. It's one of the areas that even our uh, external families come in. You'll find wives that their mothers and their fathers will tell them, be careful, save some on their side. Keep some, keep some. Men, all of them, their father is Adam. <laughs> Send money so I can build house for you. Bring money so I can pocket. Listen, in the day of adversity, yeah, yeah. shady, shady, shady. Transparency in finances. This is a gauge. So you see how your husband doesn't know your salary, your wife doesn't know your salary. Do you understand? Everybody is like, I only have 50. I have an extra 20. There's a tenner here. You are destroying your marriage. And then the level of external factors into the marriage, whether they mean to or not, so the extent to which others have more say in the decisions that are taken within the couple. Yeah. Some of us, our parents have more say in our marriage than our spouse does. And the, the, the stupidity is that we also come and tell our spouse that my father says we shouldn't move. Don't even say that, oh, I was thinking about it and I think that maybe, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, my father says it's not the right time for her. My mother says that, no, my mother says that I shouldn't allow you, my, you know. Those are external factors. They don't mean harm, but they can destroy your relationship. Do, do you understand? Yeah, I think very early in our marriage, through marriage counseling and all, we realized that nobody can come into our home and determine anything. Whether even in a good, one day, uh, Reverend's mom came to visit us when we were in Birmingham, and I think for breakfast or something, and then she saw Reverend eating something. She was like, eh, but you see square boy, you've never eaten some of this. And Reverend was like, now this is my very favorite food that I like to eat. You know? and, and I knew what he was trying to do, but immediately, because if that one had been allowed to slide, the next one would be that, look, it looks like I have to cook for my son in this place because of what you're feeding him with. Yeah. The next one is, you know, one of the things we always say is that uh, the person you married when it was paper is not the same person by the time it gets to pearl. Do you understand? So the next gauge you have to look at is whether you are all maturing in the same direction. Do you understand? Because sometimes you see that one has matured and the other is still doing baby things. Yeah. And you, one day you come and realize that the way you used to go and misbehave, and when you come, you hold her from the back, and you say, honey, then you say, now you do that, and then she will hit your back. It's like, hey. <laughs> I can stop that rough day. This childishness has long gone. <laughs> yeah. The last one I want to give is the level of attention that you give to your spouse. Amen. The level of attention is that you give to your spouse. You see, all these things that we have just listed 
uh, hopefully as we go through this year and we have various um, times with married couples, well, how many of you feel that all these ones are things that we should treat? Yeah, so that we keep our marriages healthy. And the reason also is because, you see, the stresses and the pressures of life and relationship, they come to squeeze all of us. And when they come and squeeze us, what they do is that they reveal more of us. Do you understand? When people say, oh, my husband was never like my wife, what you're actually saying is that you didn't know that this is how your husband was. Or this. It didn't come. It's not some strange thing that came. It's already what they are. Do, do you understand? You can't put a sponge in, a, what do you call it, vinegar, and when you squeeze it, you get Coca-Cola. When you squeeze it, you get vinegar. Do, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if something comes and then, you know, your wife is squeezed and she manifests in a way, that is actually, it's just revealing who she is. Let's put our hands together. Let's welcome Reverend. Amen. So, let me, let me bring it down for you. Amen. Are we okay with that? They say submit to your husband. So. All right. Are we okay? So I've been told to uh, speak on communication because communication is the vehicle on which marriage runs. Communication is what would turn you from a student to a doctor. Communication is what will make a single man become a husband. Can I have some volume on this? Communication is what will make you become anything in life. Isn't that true? And especially in marriage, communication is like the blood. The, the, the blood, you see, the blood in the, in the body takes food from the source and distributes it to every relevant organ in the body. Am I making sense? In the same way, communication is what will keep the marriage alive for a very long time. Any marriage without communication dies naturally. And communication is also very, very complex because I'm sure the doctors will help me out here. The, the, the brain is very complex. Women's brains are more complex than men's brains in the sense that the women's brain has a lot of estrogen. Estrogen, isn't, isn't that what it is? Estrogen, which fuses the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain together so that their um, thinking is one. The, the, the man's brain has more testosterone inside than estrogen, so it divides the brain into left and right so that men are logical thinkers. One plus one is two. Two plus one is three. Three plus one is four. They think systematically. Women can think in a very complex way at the same time. I don't like him. Why? Because I don't like him. 
and say, why don't you like him? Because the man is looking for a logical, systematic reasoning. But there's no systematic reasoning with the woman. Because her brain is fused together and it's more complex. And so it has the feeling, it has uh, her, her sensories, it has all those things working at the same time. So I don't like the person. If you don't give me two reasons why this person is not a good person, then I'll, then it comes a fight. I always say that men think like a plane taking off. When a plane is taking off the runway, it's very simple. Goes taxi on, onto the tarmac and then speeds and then brrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
because, like I said, the brain is very, very complex, fused together, so it has to download very fast, and it has to come out. When you don't allow a woman to talk, they get depressed. Men don't like talking plenty because the, the brain is here and it's here, scattered. So it's like by the time information has to leave the left to come to the right, for the right to also agree for it to come out, it's few. So, so you cannot beat a woman at... Do you get it? So uh, you, you have to learn, but you see, you also have to learn. That's why the Bible says that we have to live, dwell with the women according to knowledge. We have to understand how they are made up. Amen. So we are talking about communication. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10, 15, that speaking the truth in love, that we may grow thereby. Growth comes through speaking. Amen. Speaking brings growth. But speaking is not just you talking. That is why when you take the mobile phone, it has the receiver bit and it has the transmitter bit. So anytime you come to speak or you come into communication, you have to learn the art of hearing or listening. A lot of, a lot of married people after a while, they don't listen anymore. They are waiting to take their turn to talk. Jump in anytime. They, they are waiting to hear, to say whatever, like we are talking about something, and then we start to argue. At a point, we are all saying the same thing from a different angle. But because we all want to be heard, and we are not listening, I will say something, then she will also jump and say something, then it turns into an argument, but we are both saying the same thing. How I many you know what I'm talking about? When you go around and you really analyze the, the conversation or the argument that you had, you realize that both of you are saying the same thing, but from different angles or perspectives because you think differently. Am I making sense? The way you are looking at me, I don't know whether I'm cutting through or not. Yeah? So, when we come to communication, there are different types of communication. Communication is not just speaking. You can speak with your body. Body language. Women are very, very good at speaking with their body. More than men. Because, like I said, their brains are more complex and fused with their emotions. So, they feel like we go somewhere. And um, she was expecting me to maybe open the door for her to sit down, you know, to, uh, uh, and I forgot to open the door, and she felt a little embarrassed, but she wouldn't say anything to me. All of a sudden, the answers become very short. How many know what I'm talking about? It comes very short. It's like, are you okay? Fine. Do you want anything? No. What's happening here? Nothing. You, you know, and all those things. And they expect you to remember what exactly happened. That, that isn't right. But you see, our, our brains are divided and scattered. It has to transmit from one end to the other. And it doesn't register as quick as yours does. I, I'm not making sense. 
So, so if you are going to attack me based on your thinking, we always have war. If I'm going to attack you based on my thinking, we always have war. No, I, I'm not as smart as you are. So please break it down. What did I do wrong? Then you see them. They come to the house and then, here's your food. And then it's like you come, by the time you get into the bed, she's facing East Coast. Once you know she's facing East Coast, it means that there's something. Then you also go and face West Coast because you don't like trouble. And it's going to go on, you know, like, and it's something as small or as insignificant as a door that was supposed to be open, that wasn't open. Do you understand what I'm saying? You want the door opened. It's very simple. When we get there, please open the door for me too. Or teach them. Do you understand? <laughs> no, you have to have learned that, you no. know, your mother should have taught you that when you were growing up. I don't think we want to have this listen, conversation listen, right listen. now. Please, I think her volume is bigger, louder than mine. <laughs> I, I, no, 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 no. I want you to talk. No, but, but what I'm trying to let you understand is that uh, things are lent. Nobody comes with a perfect marriage. A perfect marriage is something that you need to work towards. Do you understand what I'm saying? So take it as if his brain is not working very well. So... And the, the mother didn't teach him all the things he ought to have learned from the mother. So it is time for you to also teach. Am I making sense? So whatever you want to see in your spouse, teach them. Don't take it for granted that by now you should know this. I don't know. The school I went to, they didn't teach me that one. Oh, shut up. How many understand what I'm saying? You can write questions if you want to. So, a, a communication, the Bible says speaking the truth in love, which means that your truth and my truth are two different truths. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I regard as my truth is my truth. The Bible on, only says that we must communicate it in love. So, you don't go saying that, ah, you stink. It's, it's, it's truth. Hello? Isn't it truth? It may be truth, but it is not in love. It is not communicated well. You have to have a way of communicating. And after a while, after you, you, you go through marriage for a long while, you should be able to tell each other truths without the offense. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, this, this dress is not working. Simple. I'm not going to think that maybe she'll get offended by my saying that the dress is not working. No, the dress is not working. Oh, why is it not? It is not working. It's not the right color. It's not the right, you know, for this, this occasion we are going. It doesn't work. Change it. Simple. Am I making sense? So, it, 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 truth being delivered also needs trust. Am I making sense? You need to learn to trust each other, to tell each other the truth. 
And you need to learn to communicate your feeling. Oh, the way you delivered this thing that you said about me, I didn't like it. So they learn. Hello? So, uh, we've talked about verbal communication. We've talked about non-verbal communication. And uh, you can also learn to write. These days, we don't do that anymore. But learn to write little notes. Don't write, don't fight your spouse on social media. Say, then you write something. Some people are not caring at all. And they, and they know themselves. <laughs> no, don't do that. Or you just remove the picture that was of both of you, that was your status. You leave your place blank. Don't put any picture there. <laughs> no. you, you, you see, I always say something that when you open the front door for Satan to enter, make sure you open the back door for Satan to leave. But it, the, the Bible verse for that is, let not the sun go down upon your anger. Make sure that you don't allow any anger to steal even a day of your marriage. Am I making sense? Yeah. You can be angry. Be angry at the thing the person has done, not the person. There are two different things. I'm angry at what she did. It's different from I'm angry at her. Because she is not what she did. Because remember, of all the women I knew in the world, I chose her. Because she is the best one for me. So I cannot be angry with her, but I can be angry with what she's doing or she's done. Is that making sense? Yeah. So the anger at what she's done is something both of you can get on one side and address. Because the anger is not to you, but to the things that you have done. That needs to be addressed. So we are one team addressing that issue. Hello? That's, that's communicating to address a problem because we are one unit. We are one, we are a team. When something not right, the thing is attacking us. It's not attacking me. So we can attack it together. Are you getting what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what my wife has done wrong. When you come to say, your wife has done this, immediately I will, the team, team A will come, will join ranks, and will, when you are gone, will join ranks to face the thing. That next time, don't talk like that. But I won't do it in front of you. Uh, am I making sense? Yeah. So, what all I'm trying to say is that as for communication, let it always be, including writing. Include, I remember when we were, when we had just gotten married, when something happens, she can write about five A4 pages. You see? And we learned that early because there are words when you speak them, you can't catch them back. There are certain words that out of anger you may use 
And once it leaves your lips, it injures permanently somebody. Am I making sense? When you are writing it, you have to think. By the time you have thought through what you are writing, you rephrase what you want to say. Hello? So that it's not what you are saying it, but how you are saying it. Because what I am getting out of it is the anger and the bullets rather than what you are trying to address. And that is what is going to linger or keep the fight or the animosity for a long time. Do do you get it? So let let our um, communication be thought through. Like I said earlier, women are very, very complex in terms of they think with their emotions, they think with their intuition, they think with everything. And some, so sometimes when they are talking, the emotion talks. So sometimes you are not even able to con- con- control what you are saying. So you say certain things that you didn't mean to say. And once it leaves your lips, sometimes it's very difficult to catch it and say, I'm sorry. I think that that's why one of the good things in marriage as you're growing is also to know when to keep quiet. Do you understand? You, 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 you realize that as you're maturing your relationship, because like Reverend just saying, there are times that there's something that supposedly is upsetting you so much. After a few hours, it doesn't have that same power. That annoyance level is still not there. In fact, it might easily get to a point where it doesn't even need to be addressed again. And that silence will actually save your marriage and save that few days or few weeks of, you know, drama and whatever. And because Satan doesn't pay rent in your house, don't allow him into your bed. Write that thing somewhere. Because Satan doesn't pay rent in your home. Don't allow him in. West of all, do not allow him into your bedroom. Hello. Satan doesn't pay rent. So why, is you, why are you allowing him to, to sleep in between you and your wife or you and your husband? So you're angry, you're facing left, and she's also facing right, and nobody wants their skin to touch each other. And Satan is comfortably lying in the middle. <laughs> I think that and he hasn't paid rent. And he has a bigger portion of the bed. No, he doesn't pay rent. He this is a very good one for all of us who are married. Next time that you have turned to the east or turned to the west, remember who is lying in the middle. Let that vivid picture forever remain in your head. Remember the team is team A. Both of you are team A. The problem is something that needs to be attacked. And you attack it as a unit against the problem. Wherever the problem came, whether it came from you or it came from her, it doesn't matter. We are attacking it. So you attack the problem, not the person. Amen. Another form of communication is giving physical acts, little actions. Little actions. You know, normally I like to do that. Maybe when my wife is busy and everything, I go around her and then just hug her and give her a kiss or something. Or just, just hug her and then I'm gone. This morning she was praying. She was kneeling by the bedside and praying. And I went to lean on her and I kissed her on the head. 
and she looked at it and I just walked and left. All those little things, they communicate things that keeps the marriage going for a long time. Remember, marriages don't naturally last. It only lasts long when you make it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not an accident. I wrote in the, uh, before you jump, that it's not an accident that the first marriage was, was situated in a garden. Why do you think they put the first marriage in a garden? A garden is nice when the gardener is very busy. When the gardener goes on leave or the gardener removes his hand, what happens to the beautiful garden? Weeds and tears grow and overgrows it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So in any marriage, a good marriage or a very, very serene marriage, the marriage that is busy, that people are working. Because as you are sitting here, day in, day out, you are developing, you are evolving, you are changing. Something is changing about you, something is changing about him. Like uh, uh, Mr. Sheila and Uncle Fred, things have changed. The way she is, the way he is, that is not the same person. So if what you know about her is what you are operating on, you'll be operating on a very wrong thing. Even the, these uh, things that we have, they, after a while they say you have to update, update. the software, isn't it? In the same way, marriage also needs software updates. And software update comes through communication. So I wrote in the, give me the book. Give me the book. Thank you. I wrote in this book that learn how to, if, it, if it's once a week or once every month, as whatever between the two have decided, learn to go out each month, once at least. I know you're busy, but go out. And when you go out, do what I call the napkin, the napkin, how many remember the napkin test? That is, whoever has the napkin or has the towel or has the paper towel is the person who has the floor. Do you get it? So, say for instance, honey, we've gone on a date and then um, you take the towel first and start. Yeah. Come, say some of the things you want. I think you should pamper me more. <laughs> so, so she's going, she's saying. So you start by saying all the nice things about him and then you go to say what you are. Hey. So go on. How you many hours do you have? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much that as the children have left the house, you've made the house still so full of life and so engaging. Thank you. And even when I'm tired, yeah, you have I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the bullet. So all these things that you are saying, this place I worship, I'm not interested. I, I, I thought you said that we should give the wraps first. Okay. You have finished the wraps. Go to the bullet. Yeah. I think that you should pamper me a bit more. I feel that sometimes you are too harsh on me. Is that all? Yes. So she's finished. So I take the, when I take the napkin, I am not going to now also release my bullets. 
no, I'm going to now have to rehearse what she has said. So she has said that, so what you are saying is that you need me to pamper you a little bit more. Yes. Now that the kids have left home, yes. you want a little bit of TLC and attention. Yes. Did I get it right? You got it perfectly. So I'm not doing as much as I ought to do. Have I got it right? Yes, perfectly. Okay. So that's communication. Because what you say is not the same as what the person heard. Am I making sense? So you have to make sure that the person heard exactly what you said. Not what they think you are saying. So you have to let the person repeat. So now I've repeated what she said. And she agrees that that's what I said. Okay, so I've heard. I'm going to try my best to pamper you more. And when you say pamper, what really do you want me to do to pamper you? You know, when, I'm, when I go upstairs, you have to come upstairs. When I go downstairs, you have to come downstairs. Okay, so when you go upstairs, I have to come upstairs. And when you go downstairs, I have to go downstairs. Okay, all right. It sounds funny, but we are working on our marriage. We are working on our marriage. <laughs> and we are building our marriage. All right? The reason why your marriage always has fight is because you don't do what we are doing. So, okay, me too. Um, I also, so, it, it's, um, I will try my best to be more loving. I'll take you to the spa and then when you go upstairs, I will come and be with you upstairs. Okay? Is that, would that be okay? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm also not happy about a few things. Uh, I'm not happy about the burnt offerings that you've been giving me. All the food is burnt these days. <laughs> Even the salad you made yesterday was burnt. So if you can change the burnt offerings and give me, you know, and cut the salt down on the food, I'll also be happy. So if I heard you right, you're saying that I should improve on my cooking. And yes. you're saying that. <laughs> okay. I've, I, I have heard you. So I'm going to try and stick to the cookbooks and follow the recipes <laughs> and um, yes but I think that maybe you can help by letting me know the kind of dishes you would like so that I can go and learn how to cook those very very well I'm talking for somebody you are looking at me like I can <laughs> <laughs> alright so, so can you see that's an exercise that we can all learn how to do. Because communication, most of us, our backgrounds and our upbringing didn't include communication. Daddy didn't speak to mommy. There was no, there was no proper communication. And we are a product of what we see, what we are brought up. Your, your father didn't talk to your mother nicely. How many will agree with me? Me, I, I, I'm, yeah. It was not, there was no romance in their talking. There was nothing. It was always like backing at each other or something like that. So if you go to your marriage with that type of thing, your marriage would not be nice. Remember that for our parents and our grandparents, 
they stuck into the marriage relationship because the woman was not working. The woman was at home. The man was the breadwinner. And the woman had to look after all the children. And because of that, they, they, they almost had to take all the things that were being given them. But these days, she also has her money. She also works. So if you are going to treat her like your father and your grandfather treated their spouses, you won't have a marriage. Am I making sense? So it is, it is time for us to change the way we do things. I always say that you are a product of your background. She is also a product of her background. I have my culture. She also has her culture. But when we come together, we have to develop a new culture. That's our culture. And our culture is what our children are going to be born in and they're going to grow in. Am I making sense? So my culture when we got married, my culture was that as for my father, he gives orders and everybody has to obey. Him that has to be obeyed. That was my dad. And she too, her parents were, her father was a politician. Her mother, the father died when she was nine. And so the mother is the one who has raised her. And the mother is the one who has to be obeyed. So that's, so can you see the conflicting culture we are coming from? So if we come with that mindset, do you think the marriage will last? No. So we have to change our culture and develop a new culture, a new way of communication, a new way of talking, a new way of doing things. Amen. Have you learned something? I was going to give you 10, ten um, ways to improve communication, but I'll list them quickly and then we'll talk about it next time. Is that Okay. Number one, respect your spouse. Have a respect for their opinion. A lot of us don't respect our spouse's opinion on matters. We think that they don't know anything. If you have that mindset, the marriage will not last very well and to be nice. Have a, a, a healthy respect for each other. Choose to be genuinely interested in what your spouse has to say. Amen? Write your spouse a note to reinforce the message you are saying. I remember when we were first year, first two, three years, when she's angry, she writes a note. When I'm angry, I also write a note. Because when you are right, you have to think. So you don't use certain words. Isn't it? And you have to control the anger when you are writing. Because the paper, you can't fight with the paper. Now when you are talking to the person and your anger and your yourself comes, sometimes it can be very disastrous. Amen. I've said this one, schedule a, a regular uh, media-free family meal times that you can talk. Put the TV off. Put the radio off and talk to each other on the dining table. Number five, learn to become friends with each other. Outside the TV and social media. Some of these days, husbands and wives can't talk without the phone. One person is lo looking in the phone as they are talking. It's rude. 
when I'm talking to you and your, your face is glued in the, in the, what do you call it? I will take it out from you and throw it away somewhere. Because there are 24 hours to look at the phone. We only have an hour to spend together. It's my time. It's our time. So respect it. I'm not making sense. And when you are talking, make eye contact. It deepens your love. Num, num, number seven. Hey, people are looking. Oh, yo. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Avoid surface level or single worded response. You know those one-liners. When we are talking and we are seriously talking, it's not fine. I'm okay. I'm happy. No. Avoid those. And then I, I said in this book, find a central location that when in the house, where anytime you sit there, it means we have something to talk about. All right? And please, when you are married, when you have a lot of children, you are married and everything, sometimes it's very difficult to do that at home. Because as soon as you start, one of the children will come and then they distract you and you can't continue. So leave the house. Because like Pastor Gloria said, your marriage is more important than the children. Did you hear what I said? A lot of people do it the other way around. The children become more important than the marriage. My children have left home now. If we didn't have a marriage and all we had was the attention we were giving to the children, now that they are gone, we are total strangers in the house. We are not friends. And so most marriages that break, uh, break uh, up break up from the 18th year to the 23rd year. Most marriages that don't make because that is when the children have left home. That is when you realize that you have been living with a total stranger. That's when you think I can do better than this one. I think that uh, it's also because when in the earlier stages of the marriage, when the marriage is not working, instead of getting help and sorting out, we use the children as a shield and then the marriage survives. So the marriage is actually on survival mode because of the existence of the kids. And so we get time, we are going, the children are sick, the children's school, the, children, the, the children's activity, we have to take them for swimming. So it appears that family life is going on, but in reality, it's outside of the marriage. You know, so that's why when Reverend is saying that the marriage actually, because it's the existence of the marriage that has produced the children. Do you understand? And the children are like an heritage. It's also a blessing of the marriage. It doesn't come to replace the marriage. Do you, do you understand? But for quite a number of us, the culture we came from, we were encouraged that even if the marriage is not working, because of the children, stay. Because of the children, let them beat you. Because of the children, because of the children, do you understand? And then we use it as an excuse to keep going on. But I think that we want to have healthier marriages where the children are an addition. They are not a, a what do you call it, replacement of, of your spouse. Have you learned something? Any questions? Oh, married people can't ask questions. 
Okay, then non-married people, please ask questions on their behalf. Yeah, you can ask. Joel has a question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, is it the 12th of March? So, the 12th of March, we have a, a relationship seminar. Okay. It's, it, and we're going to treat everything from relationship to marriage. And we're going to go into depth with everything. So, it's going to start. You see, the reason why last week we made a place so, um, what do you call it? Nice, and a lot of people came. We were very interested because we, we are enthusiastic when we are entering marriage. But as soon as we get to marriage, we don't think that the enthusiasm must be carried on. But that listen, is it wrong. is more fun when you are married to your friend than when you are courting or dating or trying to get married. Do, do you because, what I'm because the marriage also is for a longer period. I mean, if you are dating somebody, whether it's three years, four years, whatever, when you marry somebody, until death do part, 33 years, 45 years, 84 years, I mean, you know, so, so I think that we have to Rather than that. seeing it as a, a task and a job, see it as a, a friend. Me, I'm married to my friend. We can be in our house, no TV for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, one month, and we'll be happy to entertain ourselves. Well, yesterday... Was it yesterday? Was it yesterday? Or Friday? Friday. No, no, you can't keep it here to do the show. Yesterday. <laughs> no, the day, yesterday I went to pay someone. Oh. Two days ago. I shouldn't say it. I have to I say it. This family. Isn't it the family? Two days ago, Friday. See? Reverend made me laugh and I cried and cried and cried. In fact, the next morning I woke up, I was still crying. I mean, the joy of his misbehavior was so awesome. I mean, it lasted for... He says I shouldn't give you details of it, so I will respect that. And I'll give you the details later, maybe next week when we do the family. But it was absolutely... And I'm sure if anybody had walked into the house, they would walk, And every time I came back into the study and I saw him, I started laughing again because the image of his attempt at doing a video clip was awesome. I mean, it's just... was really... And, and learn not to take yourself too seriously. Relax. Learn to be happy. You know... Nobody can tease me like she can tease me. And nobody can tease her like I can tease her. We tease each other. We laugh at each other. Uh, it's like but also we encourage She, she laughed other. and started crying. And then it got me laughing. I also started crying. <laughs> and then he started begging that can we stop the laughter. And, and the more he begged for the laughing to end, the worse it made it. Because I thought that the matter was too serious that we, we couldn't. But you see, it's not even just the fun of it. But it's also the seriousness of it that the person is also there to agree with you, to encourage you. You know, I was telling that this week had been such a hectic week, and yesterday I had to go and preach somewhere, and I was really worn out. And I couldn't believe it, but on the morning as I was getting ready, I saw him so overwhelmed. In fact, I even ended up sending charity a text because he was like, who is going with you? And I was like, I'm going. He said, no, you can't be going by yourself. No. And I was like, no, I'm okay. And so, and I... And in the end, even when I arrived there later on, he still managed to find somebody to come there. To, do, 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 do you understand? And he prayed for me. Anyway. And then he got somebody to be sending him messages like, how is it going? Is it okay? You know, and it just tells you that this person has got your back completely. 
do, do, do you understand? And really, really is very supportive of what you have to do. Do you, do you get it? When I got back home to, he had organized food for me to be able to get someone. I hope the husbands are listening. I hope the husbands are listening. You see, some of you, if your wife has to go and do something and she comes, you'll be like, so you left and then you wanted me to eat chalk, you know, or eat paper. Do, do, do you get it? Yeah. No, uh, but when I got back, there was, oh, there was nice food. It was there. And then we sat down and we ate it. And then 